reading, it's a little bit like traveling without really leaving your house. Because just by reading those books, it just takes you to those fascinating lives and histories, whatever it is the author wants to take you to. She invited us to come and visit Germany. And yes, indeed, it was a moment where my eyes went just wide open. I think I was maybe 11 or 12 back in the, back in the days. I'm not exactly sure, but it was my first trip abroad outside of Russia. And yes, I just discovered this diversity and abundance of Western Europe clearly showed, showed me the way that, hey, there is, a, there is a different world out there. There is, there is a way to live differently. Just go and make it happen for yourself. I very quickly realized that in the corporate world, things just didn't move fast enough for me. Just the pace of how fast you can implement your ideas or act on them or making things happen. I mean, maybe the slack of dynamic was missing a little bit, so I quickly gravitated for doing something for myself. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. In this episode, which was recorded in the Web Summit in Lisbon, we have the first of a three-part mini-series with Polina Montano, co-founder of Job Today. You may remember that she was the third person we interviewed for the 14 Minutes of SaaS podcast. Well, this conversation is a deeper and more personal dive into who Polina is, the challenges she faced in Russia, her adventures abroad, and ultimately how she became a major tech founder. Great to have you back on the show. Polina Montano, co-founder of Job Today. Hi, Stephen. How's life? Life is great. It's great to see you. Great. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about where this Polina Montano came from and, <laughs> and her childhood. So tell me a little bit about your childhood in Russia. What was that like? Well, uh, I come from St. Petersburg, which is a beautiful city in Russia. Um, I lived there until the age of 18 basically. I had the privilege to live in this turbulent times just right after the perestroika when all of a sudden like the whole life of entire Russian society just changed. Like you went from communism to the brutal first stage of capitalism literally overnight. Just think about this. In, in a communistic system back in communistic Russia, private property wasn't allowed. It's like you couldn't own a business, you couldn't buy an apartment, it just didn't exist. And then literally, like after the perestroika, all of a sudden, like a whole society discovered these whole new opportunities for whole freedom. And to be honest, I think many people didn't know what to do with it or how to find themselves in this new environment. So I had the privilege of having a very entrepreneurial mom who was definitely one of the first business, one of the first people like business ladies in Russia back in those days. It wasn't anything big or glamorous or anything like that, but she started her own little travel agency, literally like free people and a dog, and trying to help like young like Russian people to maybe book some trips abroad or travel, when finally it actually became 
accessible and possible for them. Because like before the perestroika, live in Russia, like even going to Paris or to visit London, it would be uh, considered a trip to the moon because you would have to go through so much clearance, like paper-wise and, and documents-wise. So she was one of the first women doing that, uh, having her own business. And back in those days, running a small business was like something you really didn't know how to do because it was something totally new. You had no legal framework, was nobody there to explain you what and how. Having great time with her colleagues, I saw the respect and how they talked to her. Uh, I saw her being flexible and actually having time to take me out for an ice cream when she wanted to do so and not only after her office hours. I also, I also saw her working late nights and I also saw her facing all kind of unimaginable challenges just because it is so new and you really don't know what comes at you. And uh, I think it's sometime back in those days when maybe I already knew, you know what, when I'm gonna grow up, I definitely wanna have my own business. I want to be like an entrepreneur myself. Um, and maybe also partially, as I guess any kid, there was a little bit of, I wanna go out there and make it big so she doesn't have to work so hard and I kind of come back home on a shiny white horse and make it happen for our entire family. This was obviously like your naive little childish motivations to, to do something else, to do something different. It's a nice motivation. Um, a good friend of mine, Garrett Johnson, who I still work with from time to time, he's a hyper-polyglot like you and I, he speaks a lot of languages. He's also from Dublin. He's a Russian citizen now and uh, he married a Russian girl as a young fella. And uh, um, he talks about in Russia 30 years ago and uh, he talks about the length, the queues for everything uh, and how people, you know, they didn't have access to so many different products and he talks about, um, he talks about the generosity of people and how well read they were. They read a lot of books. Uh, does that resonate with your memory of Russia? Yes, yes. Obviously, uh, the entertainment offer on TV channels was quite limited back in those days. Once again, I just got incredibly lucky to be born and raised in St. Petersburg, which is definitely the city of culture in Russia. So guess what? If you don't have interesting programs on TV, you go to the theater. <laughs> guess what? You just grab a nice book and you sit there and you read it. I remember um, I, I used to love to read when I was little. Um, sometimes I was like late for lunches and dinners. And I just like, because I was like so into the history, which I was reading at the moment, I also believed and I still believe, I still do, um, reading, it's a little bit like traveling without really leaving your house. Because just by reading those books, it just takes you to those fascinating lives and histories, whatever it is the author wants to take you to. So I remember when I was a little girl, um, I was like totally caught in the moment of reading something interesting and obviously got my, drove my mom up the wall because I wouldn't come to a time for a table ever. And what I actually used to do, my parents, they would come in my room, they would took my book away and they put it on top of like the highest uh, <laughs> furniture we had in the apartment. So basically I couldn't reach it until I went and ate my plate. Very <laughs> good, very good. <laughs> so, and are you still an avid reader? Do you still love reading? I, I have much less time for it now, of unfortunately. Yeah. But I kind of, now I replace my passion for reading with passion for people. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of compensate by 
traveling through people, through talking to them, and through discovering their experiences and what I can learn from them. You had a young girl from the United States stay with you when you were a young girl in, in Russia, is that right? That opened your eyes to other possibilities? Have I got the story right? Uh, not quite. Okay. It was actually a German teacher ah, a German who, teacher. Somehow, okay. who <laughs> somehow managed to come to St. Petersburg literally right after Perestroika happened. Okay. And she wanted to experience this Russian life and how people were living. Ah. And I remember one morning she volunteered to go to buy milk. And uh, she woke up very early. Uh, so that morning uh, she woke up early, she went out on the streets and back then we were selling, really literally talking like first days after perestroika, so some processes were not really quite sophisticated and logistically well back then. So you could buy milk from these big uh, trucks Then people would just queue in the morning and just get the milk and go home. And I remember her reaction because she got in line and milk finished just before her turn. And then she, she got back home and she had like she had this look on her face, this absolute desperation and surprise. Like how could this even possibly happen? Uh, so then on her turn she invited us to come and visit Germany. And yes indeed it was the moment where my eyes went just wide open. I think I was maybe eleven or twelve back in the back in the days. I'm not exactly sure but it was my first trip abroad outside of Russia. And yes, I just discovered this diversity and abundance of Western Europe clearly showed, showed me the way that, hey, there is, a, there is a different world out there. There is, there is a way to live differently. Just go and make it happen for yourself. Now you arrived, uh, I think as an 18-year-old girl uh, in the Netherlands yeah. with a, a bright-colored case, I believe. <laughs> yes. It was my um, summer vacation and my first year in the uni. I was studying law in St. Petersburg and uh, my mom was trying to save me from some kind of tragic uh, heartbreak and romantic story and so she organized for me to go and actually spend summer in Amsterdam and do some kind of internship. So here I went with my beautiful colorful suitcase full of flowers and as I remember till today it was like $300 in my pocket arriving in Amsterdam and just kind of settling for in my temporary apartment for the internship. And I remember that back in those days, with $300 or whatever it was, it was like a significant chunk of money for a young person back in Russia. But I quickly realized that in Amsterdam it wasn't necessarily the case. But uh, I had great time in my internship job. Um, company was very very kind to me and they offered me the opportunity to stay if I wanted to continue and pursue it in, in Amsterdam and that's actually how the whole thing happened uh, I stayed in Amsterdam working for that company doing my studies obviously coming from very normal working environment family in Russia my parents couldn't afford to actually pay my studies or I, I had to support myself through university years so I basically did more or less any casual job I could <laughs> I could find out there from from waiting tables and hard rock cafe to selling shoes and to working in a customer support center for some of the internet providers back then. So yeah, but it was still great great moments and great years of my life. Fantastic. Um, now you eventually finished a degree in business administration in the Amsterdam University of Applied Sciences. 
Um, what do you mean eventually? I did it as fast as I could. Oh, well, <laughs> forgive me. Yeah, yeah, well, we know you move fast, Paulina. And what I was going to say is that you immediately gravitated towards franchises, a form of business ownership that um, where you can access established brands and establish uh, channels or supplies at least. Were you driven to be independent uh, and kind of the owner of your own destiny, even at that stage in life? Absolutely. I was. Um, I had a few experiences like outside of casual jobs which I had to kind of put myself through for college. Um, I also had like a few corporate experiences with really amazing companies and amazing people. But nevertheless, I, I very quickly realized what in the corporate world, things just didn't move fast enough for me. Just the pace of how fast you can implement your ideas or act on them or making things happen. I mean, maybe the slack of dynamic was missing a little bit, so I quickly gravitated for doing something for myself. In the next episode, part two of this three-part series with Polina Montano, she's going to take us through her career as a very successful boss of a chain of petrol stations and other retail organizations, going back to do an MBA and eventually emerging to become extremely successful as a tech founder within just a couple of years of that transition. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoy the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. Music